Hey everybody, it's September 26, 2016, and this is the machination log for the date I just said. I've got Alicia across from me in cyberspace again. Alicia, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Yeah. All right, let me try to explain this. So, in an ideal world, normally the way this works is that I record my voice on my side, and the person that I'm phoning in records their audio on their side. And then I splice the two files together so that we get a nice creamy mix. The problem in this particular instance was that Alicia, who I'm not going to blame this on her. She has a new computer, so we didn't get things set up in a, uh, we got things set up in as timely a fashion as we could. And unfortunately we didn't comb through for bugs. So she ended up recording both her and me simultaneously. And I could painstakingly, I did try this for a couple minutes, um, mute her audio selectively and then insert mine. But I am intelligible enough on the recording that I've just decided to let bygones be bygones and I get to sound like shit on this particular recording. Regardless, enjoy and apologies for the finagling. I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, although not on account, unfortunately, of David Sia's systems, which we are about to review. This is the Procession of Systems Part 2. Uh, last time, for those who were around, will know that we tried out the Daygrid balancer in both of its iterations by uh, Dave Sia, or at least one of us, one of us gave it a, a decent try. Alicia, unfortunately had a bit of a snafu. I don't know if you want to oh, yeah, elaborate yeah. on how that worked out, but yeah, I would think we should talk about that uh, <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, you know, when things go wrong, that's a real test of these systems. Yeah. And whether or not that they is, work. Yeah, that is supposed to be something they are <laughs> designed to handle. Um, and how did that work in your case? Uh, not so great. So on, um, so my grandma died on uh, the Sunday that we recorded um, two weeks ago. Uh, so for Monday, I have worry. Tuesday is lie in bed. Wednesday, make a sudden life decision. Thursday, uh, try to start being a human again. Sunday, grieve. Friday, get back on track. And then I didn't really write anything for Saturday, so. So did any of those count as home? Uh, did, did you ever figure out what home meant? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it means, like, just taking care of your house, right? Uh, for four hours a day? That seemed to be what it implied, <laughs> was that you were supposed to be doing that for four hours. Maybe if you have a conversation with somebody in your home, then you're working on your home. Like, maybe it's, like, home, family, etc., yeah, I don't know. This this felt like it needed a little more explanation on some points. Although that wasn't my primary contention with it. I don't. Uh, I, I made it my customary about four days. I was actually feeling really good about it on the second day. I was filling out the bubbles. Uh, I just uh, as a general slot in because as I alluded to, I didn't have any idea what home meant. If I didn't know what to categorize something that felt productive as, I just I, I labeled that as home, and that seemed to work okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, on Friday I did bubble, and home has three hours. I don't know what I did for those three hours, but apparently I found three hours of home-related stuff to do. Oh, you didn't write it down? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I would be down to give the system another shot, because on uh, the Sunday after we finished the... Um, well, there are two versions of the day grid balancer, 
uh, one is more like a regular to-do list and the other is more of a uh, balancing balancing system. And we said in the last episode that we we're interested to see, I was interested to see whether or not um, this guy who does single focus really well could come up with a good balancing system. And I did only do it for two days. I didn't write a lot of it down, but I did find some kind of peacefulness in doing it. And um, obviously not as a to-do list, which I imagine has a lot to do with how your experience went. Yeah, no, I, I needed more of a to-do type thing going on. And the second week should have been that. The first week has an individual grid of dots for every day that you can fill in, whereas the second version of it's a little more wishy-washy. And it turns out the structure at least in my case, did matter a lot because by the time I was into the second week of trying to use this system, it, it completely fell apart. Um, needing to keep track of that felt like a job that I didn't want to have to deal with. And moreover, my, my biggest problem with this, this balancing thing is that it, it seems to solve a problem that I might actually just not have because the way that my morning and evening rituals play out I tend to actually have, I wouldn't call it like an hour-for-hour, pound-for-pound balanced approach to the way that my life is set up between social things and recreational things. But it is, it, it doesn't feel off. Like, that's not what I need a planner for. I don't need a planner for those particular, to remind myself that I need these things. I have that kind of stuff written down. So this was kind of filling a need I didn't have, uh, which I imagine caused some rub for keeping on it for a while but it also like any scheme including the ones that i've come up with lasted only four days so i did find that the um balancing mattered a lot to me actually because this is not the way my days normally go and in fact i think one of the reasons i was a little hesitant to fill out some of the uh bubbles was on on earlier days is i just knit for like a couple days right all i did was knit and watch x files uh as fantastic as that was it's not uh conversing happy uh health or home really it's just create at at best (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i don't have that specific problem i have i have enough neurosis about being balanced that I don't need I don't need a structural reminder of it it seems so I absolutely do like the next (laughs) few days are going to just be work and that's all I'm going to do and I have to really struggle to keep up anything else while I get into that mode Um, like eating already I'm having trouble eating and uh, journaling was really difficult this morning because it felt like a waste of time because I have other stuff to do you know um, just gotta fight that. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know that any scheduler is gonna fix that because that's just that's just you saying no. Yeah. Yeah. It did though on Friday and Saturday help bring me back into more of a more of a balance of talking to people and making things. I got to do a couple of creative things that like small creative things I hadn't been able to do. Um, because I hadn't made time for them, like, um, start on my Christmas knitting and make the, um, buttons that I made that I sent you a picture of. 
I got I, I made a, a bunch of those up on the site. Uh, got a variety of buttons. My yes. favorite of which being the uh, Catch Twenty Two figurine. But uh, yeah, my my favorite was definitely the Save the Whales one. Um, because it's just on a black background and it's this tiny white save the whales, which I find uh, enjoyably cynical. And it's also in impact font shelves. So yeah, looks like the side of a boat. Yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna give the Dagrid Balancer another shot, or should we move on? I think we should move on because I'm interested in trying your new system. I would be interested in coming back to this at some point in the future um, because it does seem like it would provide more benefits for me than it did for you. Um, I can believe. <laughs> I've seen I've seen your house. Yeah, I know how you live. Now the um, the, the system Alicia is alluding to is one that I I sort of hybridized while I was in the middle of making the day grid balancer. The thing that any scheme that I pull from the outside automatically compels me to do is create my own version of it. I do that with everything. I do that with Dungeons and Dragons. I do that with most board games. I do it just whenever there's a set of rules, I feel an imperative to improve and throw out the old set of rules. So in the case of the day grid balancer, I actually had two different schemes that I threw together, uh, one of which is directly related to board games, which I didn't, Alicia, I did not actually tell you about previously, called the Rut Deck, which is actually a set of cards that I have in different colors, and I'll have, I'll put a picture of them up on the website too, but right now I have three different colors. I have a black deck, a red deck, and a blue deck. The black deck is the actual rut deck, so when I'm in the middle of a task and I either don't know how to proceed or I'm losing focus, I draw a card from that, and it says some form of diversionary activity that doesn't take a lot of time that I just have to then do, and then go back to whatever I was doing, whether that is coffee or going to a park or recording a five minute thing or just there's like 20 of these cards and it's just random things that i've come up with uh the blue deck is for after hours it is the recreational deck of things that i forget that are activities that i can actually perform it's just a set of cards and i draw two of them and i try to actually do those two things at some point in the afternoon um and then the red deck is workout stuff because the easiest way to keep me from getting bored with workouts is to randomize them. So I think that does address my balance problem because I do just forget that there are other things besides what I'm immediately focused on. Uh, it's super easy to do that. Yeah. And even even with exercise, I think I come back around to it and I spend a long time on it. And then it ends up taking most of my day, whatever my exercise program is. I spend half the day exercising for a brief period of time, like two weeks. And then I, well, then I injure myself or I get sick, so I can't do it anymore. Naturally. Um... <laughs> It sounds like a bit more overexertion on your part to compound all the rest of the overexertion you're talking about. Yeah. I do. I have decided that I want to try to learn how to relax in a more, <laughs> in a more normal way. 
because it turns out that if you set an insane goal for yourself in your off hours, you're actually not relaxing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's called additional project work and uh, workaholism in general. It's not good for you. I mean, someone's told me that at least. Yeah, when I took a I took a year off from from work to try to address that recently last year i basically spent the year trying to deal with uh my inner self and uh find ways to rest and find ways to be um okay in myself and it made me insane that was probably the most depressed i've ever been in my life um i was gonna say that's slamming the wall in the wrong direction (laughs) i would think to then just overcommit to a year vacation i mean i would go crazy after a week i can't I can't be off the ball for more than a week or I just, I go out of my mind. Well, especially because I said no projects because I didn't want to just have more work. I didn't want to make more work for myself. So what happened was my social life became my project and my relationships became my projects. And you can imagine what a disaster that could be. That sounds healthy. Yeah. So, I think one of the reasons that we were interested in being friends with each other was that we're both people like of extremes. Do you have any examples of that kind of extreme behavior yourself? Um, not on the order of a year, but uh, that's, that's probably for other extenuating services. No, like I haven't taken, I haven't taken a vacation that I haven't planned out to the point of exhaustion since I started working gainfully for a company that pays real money. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't like vacations. I don't like extended periods of time off. I'm a massive fan of meditation. I do it on a daily basis. Um, not for massive periods of time because even that tends to drag away from it, but I can't, I can't, I mean, I have, I laugh when you said you were trying to relax like a normal human being. I, I only laugh because I gave up on that. I can I cannot let go that way. The only way I can let go that way is for 15 minutes at a time um, while I'm sitting in a chair deliberately concentrating on my own breath. Like I, I am permanently in a state of awareness of how things are affecting me and other people and what this is moving toward and away from. And I, I cannot sever that. And the couple of times I've tried, just – like like you, it's, I, I can't imagine I would have I would have cut that experiment off at a month. There's absolutely no way I would have been able to do that. I mean, luckily I'd I'd fallen so far into the pit of hell it was easy to not do anything. Um, it just wasn't a productive not doing anything. I, I, guess, I guess that's good. I did learn a lot about myself. I I did have my long dark night of the soul, and it was very convenient to do that while you're not working because it's hard to oh yeah no i can i can relate to that i i tried to become a furry while i was still working that was very that probably compounded the stress in a completely unnecessary way so yeah and by the time that i was taking this vacation i'd been working on the in this very extreme way for um over a year um Longer if you consider that I was working while I was doing my thesis, while I was finishing my undergrad thesis. And so my body had, like, 
lost the ability to understand or feel stress in anything approaching a normal way. I was so overloaded. Being angry, if I got angry about something, it physically hurt. Like it burned in my body because it was so out of whack uh, from just years of this high intensity thing. It's the work obsession, but going on for years at a time with... And all of my friendships were in terrible disrepair. Most of my relationships I'd only been half present in for a very long time. And so maybe it was good to take this extreme... To have this extreme experience of, of resting. How long ago was this? Uh, which part? The year. Uh, the year off, I think? Yeah. I was probably at the tail end of it because I did start working a little after nine months, I think. So, um, no, I mean, I mean, how long ago did you embark on that experiment? Two years ago, about when I started dating Thomas. And you don't think you had a, um, you don't think it's been long enough to assess whether or not that's been a good thing? Yeah, because I'm still feeling the ramifications of it. While I was working, I didn't, there was a lot there were a lot of terrible things that happened to me like while I was working and before I had the intense campaign job that I was doing, but while I was finishing up my thesis and had a management position and, you know, other stuff like that. So um, all of these horrible things had just been compounding on me for years and years and years and years. And when I finally took a break, the suffering I experienced was so extreme because I didn't have any kind of way to redirect it. Um, because I was trying to push myself into the experience of suffering so that I could get it over with, so that I could just go back to work. Um, which was may maybe not the most enlightened approach or reasoning or desire. So I do feel like I have, I suffer a lot less now than I did before. I'm more able to look at myself and understand myself with compassion and love and those kinds of things and but on the other hand i had a true experience of suffering that beforehand i thought you know if you think about this thing or do this thing or try this thing what's the worst that can happen you'll be in some pain pain is just pain it doesn't matter i there's no such thing as too much pain but when I was in, like, the pit of hell with no job and, like, nothing to do except for feel the pain that I was feeling, I did discover that there is such a thing as too much pain. And that has made me fearful in a way that I had always been courageous before. And that has been the negative effect of having taken this year off. It was largely that. But you don't, you, you seem, you, you make it sound like that's not a recoverable, a recoverable thing. I mean, you, is it, is it akin to trauma where it is still impacting you in a negative way? Because it would seem like the lesson would have been learned and you can now move on because you're not doing that anymore. Is that not true? Yeah, I think that's my next step right now, personally, is to let go of that, um, 
that imprint that there is too much pain. Um, because before that, when I felt like it was okay to suffer a little or it was okay to feel some pain, um, I feel like I was much more capable of being honest with myself and making decisions with myself or for myself. And since this has changed my relationship to pain, it's changed the way that I think and the way that I live. And that is an ongoing ramification that now I have to go back and deprogram because while I was in like, while I was in like the deepest, darkest depths, right. I was sitting there being like, do not forget that this is possible. Do not forget that there is such a thing as too much pain. You're going to feel better one day. And when you feel better, you're not going to believe this anymore, but don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. So I set this, uh, this flag for myself here with the pain so that I did not forget that it was possible to fuck myself over to that extent. Um, and now I have to go back and undo that. That's, that's <laughs> such a weird, I, I totally, I totally empathize with that, um, with that sentiment because there is the, everybody, everybody talks about having, you know, the moment where you break, you're supposed to learn your lessons hard so that you don't forget them, but then you forget them. And the pains for nothing. Like, I am absolutely with you on that. Like, the number of times when I, in just, in any scenario, I wish I had a pertinent example, um, just right off the top of my head. But just, something awful happens. And you get, you you actually get a little dopamine hit in the back of your head. It's like, but now I'm better. Now I have this. Yeah. And then it's gone three months later. Or two hours later, <laughs> and it's just—it's it, all the pain is for now. So you want you want to actually have the memories so that you can actually like fall back on it in moments of duress, except that they hurt. <laughs> They're not good. Like you have to come up with a balance between those two, yeah. and that's really really hard. That's that's most of the reason. Most of the reasons a little strong, but it's one of the nice things about having a journal. I mean, you you keep a journal. Yeah. Um, it lets you, and and moreover, not merely just writing down things in a journal, but going back in some systemic way and reviewing it. Like my version of this is I, I write a journal every day, but before I write my journal every day, I look at the journal from two years ago, the journal from or uh, two years ago on the day, one year ago on the day, and one month ago, and I just skim over them in a vain hope that I will not forget what I learned and that I can actually like use the perspective of that. I don't know how well that actually works in general, and I wish I had more to go on, but the journal's only been going for about three years, so that's as far back as I can go. Yeah, I do think once I go back and do that process for that period of time, I will be able to draw a lot more out of it. Because usually I go through with like a highlighter, and I pull out anything that I think is useful, and I laugh at all the times that I write down the things that I thought I had discovered yesterday, but actually I discovered two years ago, you know, it's the worst, <laughs> the absolute worst. I, I love that. Actually. It makes me feel like I'm, it makes, it helps me understand that I'm just living through my experience and not actually on like a linear path of progress. And that actually feels really good to me. That feels very freeing to me. Because I can't okay, th get... There we have to disagree. I, I, that drives me insane. The number... I, I must have a dozen entries in my journal 
before I started reviewing it, I don't do this anymore because I review the journal. I, I, I actually attempt to learn from the lessons. The number of journal entries I have that say my workout and eating regimen are going quite well. I am down to 185 pounds. The number of times that line in some iteration yeah. shows up in my journal of me making good progress, getting down to that weight through a workout regimen and diet. It's literally, it has to be a dozen times. And I just straight up forget that I've ever said it before. I'll do you one better. I went through my chat logs with Thomas recently. Uh, by recently, I mean like a year and a half ago, but I went through all of our chat logs. So like from when we were, I, I don't have them from when we were 13 forward, but I do have them from 2007 forward. So almost a decade of chat logs. I went through and read them. And the number of times that we argue the opposite position that we did the time before, we will literally have the same argument a uh, couple months after the original argument, um, but our positions will be reversed. We'll both be arguing whatever the opposite was of the position we had the last time. And that that really changed my mind about what kind of world we live in and what kind of intellectual progress we make. Um, it's so strange. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend going back over years of catalogs if you ever have the time. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a painful but informative experience. I've done that with a couple of people. But um, is is there a particular genre of argument that you tend to do that with? Like, is it political in nature? Is it social, interpersonal? What what kind of arguments? I think most of the stuff we argue about is culture stuff. You know, like our our different theories of culture. Um, Recently, we've been having, like, deep ontological arguments, which make me crazy. I hate, I hate getting into those arguments with him. And I think our positions on that are very well defined. Um, but especially for a couple of years, we were really working on theories of culture and theories of interpersonal ethics. So uh, one of us would have the realization that the other had had, like, a year ago. And then the next, the... Um, the other person in the argument would say, uh, yes, but have you considered X point? Which, you know, I had actually made a year ago, if it's Thomas correcting me, uh, when he had first brought up the revelation that I was having a year later. It sucks that we're not all on the same page that way. <laughs> that, actually, that actually shows up a lot in um, it's the internet. Someone is always turning 13 years old and 18 years old and 21 years old on the web. <laughs> It's, oh, it's, it's always ever uh, there's an old Carlin quote I think for that it's like you don't learn something new every day you learn something old every day and the problem is it hits you just as hard when you learn something everybody else already knows as it did when someone discovered it the first time and you just don't realize that everybody already knows that mm -hmm. uh, that's that is at the heart of a lot of a lot of turmoil in internet discussions I have a feeling which is one of the many reasons I don't participate in them at all so i like it though i think it makes it easier to be sympathetic to the other person or sometimes you can identify like hey this person is not in a phase where i can even talk to them like this person is doing something that may be necessary for them or is a part of their life or their experience in this moment that is just a totally incompatible with what i'm doing and thinking and feeling so there's no way to have this argument in a useful 
but having to go through that process doesn't just become annoying in and of itself. I mean, I would rather just ignore it completely. I, I actually love going through that process. Sometimes it gets annoying when um, there's a lot of emotional stress in my life. Then I have trouble doing it on the internet because I'm already doing a lot of emotional labor. I'm already trying really hard to understand other people's perspectives in my immediate life. But when everything's going well, it's actually my favorite thing to do. It's kind of like reading a good novel. Like if you have the experience of reading a good novel and you get kind of immersed in it and immersed in the other person and this author's perspective and the character's perspective, it kind of can feel like that to me to try to figure out where somebody else is talking from or why they believe what they believe. Oh, see, I can't, I can't get that on the internet. I'll do that person to person as many times as it's needed, but it's not, if I can't actually like physically, we were talking about this too. I need people in the room. Like even this, I have, I've gone to great pains to make what Alicia and I are doing right now as close to actual physical presence as possible. She is almost actually at scale on a monitor that she can't see. And I'm standing, which I would normally be doing. And like, I, I do what I can to make this exactly like a human interaction because though I am Aspergerian, I am a large fan physically and metaphorically of actually being in a room with other people. It's why I like board games over video games now. It is the source of a lot of consternation because I live on the wrong side of town now because everybody moved to the west side of town and that's been obnoxious. But, uh, No, it's that's just shut up. Phone. There is so much about the web that just does not work for me at all, and that's certainly one of those things. Yeah, yeah. I think the main thing that gets frustrating about those arguments is that it's very time-consuming to do that, and I also get frustrated when people turn around and they say like. Well, if everybody in your camp thought like you did, we've talked about this extensively. If every if everybody in your camp thought like you did, or was this reasonable with me, or like had thought it through this well, um, then I would be more supportive of your viewpoint. Especially with feminism, that happens a lot. Like if every feminist had like such a well reasoned argument for why they believe what they believe, then I would be supportive of this. If, but they're also saying. If everyone in your camp would take, like, the enormous amount of time and energy to understand me in the place that I am, it's not that I'm more reasonable than other people. It's that I'm more willing to talk at whatever level my conversation partner's at and figure out what matters to them and try to present it in a way that makes sense to them. Sure. No, you play on their terms. That's, I mean, that that's like rule number, that's rule 101 for having a debate that's not infuriating. <laughs> it's to play on the other person's terms. Yeah, and um, as much as possible. And ask nice questions. Ask genuine questions. It's hard to make genuine questions not sound like asshole questions. It's really, really easy. That line can be overstepped just in short, short order. Again, I there are enough human beings that I run into still on a regular basis in real life that I only need to uh, I, I, I posted a random rant on a, on a thing on Twitter. Someone was complaining about uh, 
people going headless at fur conventions headless not like they're decapitating themselves but they're taking their fursuit heads off in public even though there are places where you can go do that and I burned my internet rant budget for the month coming up with a well-worded position that I don't actually hold on the matter which is absolutely the way to go uh, most of the time if you can if you can stomach it I understand that some people don't like the idea of devil's advocate or arguing for argument's sake but there is there is some therapy to be had in hashing out an opponent's position better than they can um I mean that's my job I'm in marketing so I have to figure out uh ways of making arguments as not myself I have to inhabit the the brand and speak as the brand good old brands do you like marketing yeah I do it's a good combination of analytical and creative it's a shame it's so evil I would be I would be more enticed to do it (laughs) yeah I like I I like picking up non-evil projects when I can um which is really not all the time because now we have this like whole production to support um so I can't I used to just wait for jobs that I liked and I felt sound uh doing and that worked pretty well for me actually um because I did my fair share of shit jobs to get to that point um but now especially because I took the the year off I don't have as good a bead on those kinds of positions as I used to so are you aiming to get back to that sorry I assume you're aiming to get back to that at some point yeah yeah over time unfortunately I can't take on any new clients right now um I think it's going to be a couple months before we can take on anybody new. So I'm kind of putting that plan on hold until we can uh, get to a good, consistent productivity. And in the meantime, we've got to sort out an organizational method. So, Alicia, what are you doing for the next two weeks? What are you trying out? Um, I think I'm going to try your your second method that you came up with. Do you want to explain it? Oh, Sure. Um, So I am a huge fan of very, very simple to-do lists, and part of that is because I like writing things out on paper. So I decided to completely flaunt that this time. I am going entirely digital for the first time in a long, long while, and I have – this will also be up on the website. I'll post a picture of what this thing looks like. But I have created a not tiered to-do list but a chronological to-do list for the day, and it goes morning ritual – chips, evening ritual, pasture, night ritual, bags, and shelf. And I understand that was probably a poor way to lay it out, but this is basically how it goes. The morning ritual is stuff that people would, I assume, understand as being generic morning stuff, but I've actually written it out so that I don't have to think about it and actually even have times associated with these things so that I I can just be in a flow in the morning that I don't have to think about. Um, And those those items at the moment this is in flux and i've encouraged alicia when i describe this to her to please develop this in whatever direction she sees fit i don't want us to be doing exactly the same thing because part of the purpose of this is to you know tweak it optimize it either to ourselves or just in general but i have make bed journal 
draw two workout cards from the red workout deck, shower, nap if I need one, which is dependent on when I wake up because occasionally my work requires that dumb things happen. So that's a conditional. Meditate and then make chips, which is where the next category comes into play. Uh, There are two lists called bags and chips. Bags, which are labeled that way for obvious gustatory reasons, the bags are things I want to get done that are not bullet list items, uh, which basically includes everything that I really want to do. I mean, my list that I've got right now, um, I'm building an app prototype that we've alluded to before. Um, I'm trying to do better at work. I want to host a good panel when I go to Midwest Fur Fest. I want to have a good art show showing when I go to Midwest Fur Fest because I'm not actually an artist, but I got a panel there anyway just to see what the hell I do by the time I get there. And I want to have a good podcast. So what I do is I go to each item in this each one of these bags, and I pull a chip out of it. I pull one actionable item that doesn't take that long to do that has a defined deliverable, and I make a bullet point in the chip list for it. And then the other things I throw in the chip list is if I'm going to have to do something during the day, if something needs to get done, I also put those in there based on whatever it says on the calendar. But that way I've got one definable, easy thing. Maybe not easy may not be the the right word, but clear, defined thing that I can do to make progress on every long-term goal that I have set out for myself. Um, and I can do more than that if I want. If if I'm on a roll and I'm focused and I can move on to other tasks within, or not within, but outside of that sub-goal, so be it. I'll do more work, but at least I get the one thing done. And then as soon as I have all of the chips taken care of, which goes from the that uh, the chips connect the morning ritual to the evening ritual. The evening ritual is once all those items are checked off, I have the decompression script, and that is very short for me right now. It is um, Fantasia, which is as vague as it sounds. It is essentially to give myself 15 minutes to think about whatever I want to think about after spending the morning and afternoon deliberately not thinking about whatever I want to think about. Uh, talk to somebody. Again, this is the, the baking in that that balance. This is one of the simplest ways to do that. And draw two red cards, which are my blue cards, which have the random activities that, you know, just so I've got extra silly things to do in case I forget one thing or another that is around my house or around in the neighborhood that I should be doing that I'm not. And I've got all sorts of random stuff on those. Uh, I could actually... I'm going to edit a cut in this and just go grab that real quick, just for illustration purposes. And we're back. Uh, Let's just grab a bunch of random ones. Article, which is to just read an article in depth to a degree that I normally wouldn't bother. Um, Appreciate, which is as vague as it sounds. Piano, because I own one of those. Sculpt, because I have sculpting materials. Music, because I occasionally forget that that's the thing. Just They're very generic things. They're not complicated. They're not even all that specific. But there's stuff that I forget that I like doing. And it's nice to just remind myself of them on a semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the evening ritual. And then after the evening ritual is done, the decompression is over. Also, I should probably eat at some point in this, but that's neither here nor there. Um, then you go into the pasture. 
pasture is where everything that is non-critical that you want to get done at some point or just and by get done i don't mean like work related i just mean period everything else fits into the pasture uh, during the day one of the benefits of it being electronic is whenever something occurs to me that i want to do i just immediately put it in the pasture i put it i put an extra bullet point on there and you know uh, so far i've been doing this for 3 or 4 days now I knock about half of the things off the pasture over time because they're just, they were fleeting thoughts and some of them are cool. Some of them are not. Some of them are worth my time. Some of them aren't, but it's okay because everything in the pasture doesn't really matter. It'd be cool if it got done. And I only do things that are in the pasture, even if that means deliberately adding them right before I start doing them. But the key is to at least make sure that you're doing things that you want to be doing because the, the point of the pasture, instead of just being a full decompression where I do literally whatever I want, this keeps me from doing the stuff that I really subconsciously don't want to do, like waste all of my time browsing the Internet. This gives me an actual – it's not even literally productive. It's just – it gives me a deliberate thing that I want to do, and it's enjoyable. I mean the stuff that I have on this, I have – I want to make a new coffee table. I want to get a pandemic legacy game going. Um, I want to like there's this is stuff that I want to do and it's in no way work related, but it's so much better to deliberately do those things instead of just meander around like that. That's where I, wa- I don't waste work time doing that. I waste fun time doing that. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to get around that. And then the night ritual is everything I do before I lock up for the night that's a very basic list lights dishes washer locks all that kind of stuff and then i do a um and then i do a post-mortem journal which is very short it's like 10 minutes just to say i did these things this is why they did or did not work and how did the day go it was probably fine and then i read something and then i fall asleep um and then the only other the other to-do list or the other list rather that maybe needs explanation the shelf is where long-term goals that i do not want to be working on right now go so that i don't forget about them mm-hmm. so that is it in a nutshell i apologize for how long that explanation was but it uh it's a complicated system it's a very simple system no oh, not okay. for me this okay. is this is very complex for the ones that i normally tolerate but that's because they're normally on paper yeah fair enough fair enough yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I already have a suspicion that it's not going to work for me because it's too much stuff to do in one day. Um, like have a morning routine that doesn't get interrupted by work. That seems kind of, I don't know, maybe I'll try it and it'll feel luxurious. I do oh, want to try to rest more like a normal person. So I think I, I will benefit from giving this a shot. I, I can't get away with not having a morning routine. If I don't, if I don't have a morning routine, it ruins the rest of the day. I just it, it dazes me for the rest of the rest of what I'm doing. Like if for whatever reason, if I don't set myself up, like sleeping for however many hours prior isn't enough. I need to actually like be in a clear state of mind before I approach the day, and it tends to work very very well. And if you can't do any of that. At least do 10 minutes of meditation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that seems like a good note to end on. Sure. 
No, that's I, was theoretically the whole point of the podcast. Uh, do you have any modifications right out the gate that you think you're going to do to it? Uh, yeah, I think there are too many time segments for me. So I okay. might knock them down. And then some of these uh, lists are representations of time where other ones are tasks. I guess the lists are separated by time. Tasks separated by time. So I need fewer chunks than that, probably. Um, and I need to figure out when I'm going to do all of the substantial housework that I need to get done. And where that fits in. So I usually organize things by task rather than timing. I have bad sure. luck with systems that have... Uh, that require you to do something at a certain time. Oh, well, I mean, this, this system is predicated on you being a, um, a morning, whatever bird like this is, this is me knowing that uh, I get exactly as much good work done during the day as I have uninterrupted from when I wake up until just the first distraction. Like I woke up at six thirty today and I broke at about, I didn't, I didn't finish everything, but I broke at about 11 o'clock. I did something else and I'm off the spark now. I'm like, I'm, I'm no longer operating at a nine out of 10. I'm back. I'm down to a seven out of 10. I can do stuff, but just, I, I need an unbroken streak as long as I can get in the morning. So this, this yeah. system is tailored for me. Yeah. I do all of my best work in the, immediately when I wake up, which is why I don't like doing personal stuff immediately when I wake up. Because if I just sit down and do an hour of work, I'm basically having a great work day. Um, I used to go for six hours. I used to be able to go for six hours before I had to stop. Um, which was pretty amazing. That sounds good, yeah. No, if you, if you can pull that off. And that's sort of what the system is trying to do, is figure out how to just get as long a streak of that as I can. Cool. Cool. That's and a good thing. Okay think about it. So I'm gonna try thinking about it like that. About what I can do to get as long of an unbroken streak as I can in the morning. All right. Or I will. We will check back in in either one or two weeks, probably two, and uh, see where what kind of shambles this is in on both <laughs> our sides. Sounds but, good. Uh, but until then, Alicia, thank you for being part of the Magnation Log. Thank you. Good morning, everyone.